You're listening to the Fable 411 podcast produced by the City of Fable, where you'll get information about city government and the programs and services we provide. You'll get topics of interest and an inside look into the various departments that help keep our city moving. I'm Gab McRoberts. And I'm Sherry Kropp. Thanks for joining us for the Fayetteville 411. Today we've invited Dr. Gerald Newton and Jason Average with the Development Services Department from the City of Fayetteville. Thank you for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. Yep, thank you. Now, right now, they're at homes all across the city and the county. Military families are, are packing up and getting ready to PCS to a new duty assignment. And on top of that, there's also a very hot real estate market right now. And all this combined means there's a lot of houses going up for sale. And what a lot of people may not realize is how important it is to have the proper permits in place before any construction or repair work can be made. Because I know when a lot of people get ready to sell their house, they want to spiff it up and make it look really nice and attractive to a potential buyer. Um, so you want to make sure you get all your ducks in a row and your I's dotted and your T's crossed because that could have some big impact when it comes time to selling your home. So if you don't have the permits in place or don't hire a licensed or bonded contractor, uh, what could this mean for you as, as a home builder or a person trying to sell your home? Well, let me go ahead and start. I'm uh, Dr. Jerry Newton, and I'm the uh, Development Services Director. Jason Everidge, who's with, will be able to answer some of these in much better detail. But let me give you a, a quick point to that. Mm-hmm. Yes, the housing market is going incredibly fast. Multiple offers on the same house. Then they hire a home inspector and the home inspector says, oh, I have a problem. What's the problem? It looks like something isn't quite right. And can you just pull the permits? On top of that, the real estate industry has been told by the North Carolina Real Estate Commission, you guys have to uh, find out whether or not permits were pulled or if things are done. So at a time when the housing market is so hot and people are putting in multiple offers, uh, deals are falling apart because permits weren't secured and it leads to some really negative issues for that buyer and seller and at this point, the real estate broker. Now, what can happen if, um, if a person doesn't have a permit on file? I mean, what, what's the worst case scenario? Jason? Um, well, let's make the complex simple. So I could just say, well, state law says blah, 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 but it goes beyond that. So not only do you want to have a permit, so the state has what's called minimum code. And when they get the permit, we come out there and make sure it meets those standards. And if you don't, and my office deals with this a lot, is that now that on the uh, property tax listing will be different, and the number one reason people come to see me is they'll have work done without a permit. Something happens, they try to get an insurance claim, and the insurance deny them because there was no work permitted. So it's it's a complex scenario about what all the billing codes and permits do and represents. And so on the basic, it's to make sure everything meets state minimum billing standards. On the other side of that, it gets to what the insurance companies look at that to make sure it meets state code. That way they can process claims to that effect. So if I can add just a little bit to that, the reason that it becomes uh, tricky to figure out whether or not you need a permit is the state in 2016 said, we're going to change some of the regulations so that you don't need a permit, even if you're doing the work, but it still has to be done to building minimum building codes or plumbing code or mechanical codes and then they have a list of exceptions. What we're finding over and over is that people will pull the permit anyway because then there's no doubt and then you have somebody looking to make sure that it meets the minimum. 
it avoids that triangulation that occurs when the home inspector says, hey, there's a problem, and the uh, contractor uh, is no longer around, the handyman's no longer around, the buyer, the seller. And in our community, as you pointed out, with all the transactions, both military people moving in and out, as well as people trading up and down in the housing market, this becomes a really significant issue to all the community. And really, it's just about keeping the residents safe. I mean, it's in their best interest to do that, and that's the whole purpose of it. That's exactly right. And if anybody ever had a question, on our website at faithfulnc.gov, if you go to permitting inspections, I have a page there called Guidance Documents, where we kind of put a list of what's required for permits and then what the state says is not required. Now, I say not required doesn't mean exempt. But it and it's not an all inclusive list because everything's just it's so massive, but it's a great place to go to and get not only information for that, but what kind of contractor you need. We have a ton of information on our website. And and, and are there people from development services who can help like a prospective person who's going through the process to figure out what exactly they would need? Absolutely. We have our development liaison, Jeff Wade, and they, anybody can call them and he's there specifically to help somebody get a permit, submit for plan review, what's needed, what's not. So can you mention some of the types of things that a homeowner would need a permit for? Sure. Let me let me run it a couple ways on that one. How about I start with what they might not need a permit for, but they may decide they want one. And I'm looking actually at a couple points on that. So if you're going to replace windows and you're not changing the structure, if you're replacing doors, siding, pickets, uh, the deck. If you are doing a one-for-one -one replacement on plumbing fixture, um, you can even replace the roof shingles, depending on layers. And then you have other things that say, well, you have to have a licensed contractor to do it if it's less than $15,000 on the project. And by the way, that used to be 5000 and a state bill is running through that might move that number up to 20,000 in terms of what the total project is without permits. But those are a couple. You can replace a water heater, exact same gallon size and numbers, but there's more to that, but it has to still be done by a licensed uh, contractor. Um, and those are a few of the items. And I guess that brings up a good point too. I think when you talk about the licensed contractor, it's make, it's a very important, I would think, as a homeowner to make sure you get somebody who's licensed and bonded because if there's problems. Oh yeah, it, it's like I explained earlier. So the building codes is the minimum state stand for construction for health and life safety. On the back end attached to that is the insurance companies. In fact, the city of Fayetteville just had a um, an insurance services organization audit where we did very well, you know, and that's the number that is made statewide that these private insurance companies look at to determine their rates. And right now, City of Fayetteville is a four, which is very good. And um, for homeowners who might be doing additions and things like that, remodeling, um, what type of information do they need to provide whenever they apply for a permit? Or does the contractor that they hire do that? It's a great question, and I'm going to have Jason answer that because I asked Jeff Wade that we mentioned earlier if he's getting many calls, and he said, I am increasingly getting phone calls from the homeowner asking the homeowner to secure the permits. So, Jason, tell us um, a little bit 
to that one. Okay, so when it comes to the homeowner and the permit versus a contractor, uh, first of all, if they're a state licensed contractor by the license board and the administrative code, it's got to be in their name. But you do have some people out there that will want the homeowner to do it. So whenever the homeowner takes out a permit for another contractor, they're assuming all civil and criminal liability. So if that contractor doesn't do the proper stuff, the homeowner is is held responsible for it. And, it's a, and we tell homeowners all the time, unless you're personally doing this, we, you really need to have your contractor fill out the information or, like I said, you're going to be held civilly and criminally. And, and that's why the contractors have are bonded. That's why they have that insurance to protect themselves in case of something like this happens and which a homeowner may not be protected by their homeowner's insurance. That's correct. correct. In fact, if you look at your homeowner's policy number, people will find out that that's actually something that's excluded. So in doing what you think is helping the process, you may be hurting yourself. Good point. I'm glad you guys brought that up because that's a, I know a lot of people probably were thinking, oh, let me go take care of this paperwork. You know, if I do it, I know it's going to get done. But, you know, it's it's really in your best interest to really think twice about doing that and let the contractor, because they know what they got to do too. Because, gosh, I look at some of these forms, I'm like, I have no clue what they're asking here. And, and it, yeah. it can be complicated and confusing if you're not used to it. And I want to add that uh, going back to this uh, earlier point that you had made with in the real estate industry, about 80,000 real estate brokers who are licensed by the state receive this information that they can no longer say, we're not going to disclose things or no representation. They are now being held responsible to find that out. So it has gone to the idea that the homeowner needs to make sure that all things are being handled, even if they don't think they're going to sell this year, because in the future, it will become an item. Just out of curiosity, how many permits have been issued um, this year? 11,125 that dealt with um, construction, signs, zoning, yard sales. So you strip that down to construction, about 10,000. Mm. It's a lot of permits. <laughs> a lot of permits in a large city. And we don't, um, as we just talked about, not everybody pulls a permit. It's something that we're hoping that uh, by sharing this information, uh, through the podcast that the community will recognize that it is an option available to them, even if their contractor says you don't need one. It's always good. Well, before we wrap up, we've got about four minutes left in the show. Um, what are some of the steps you guys, uh, the department has taken to help improve the, uh, the process for both contractors and for residents the, when going through permitting and inspection processes? Let me go ahead and jump that one and ask uh, Jason then to continue on it. One of the things that we do is we have everything available online so anybody can see the information. What we found this past year is the number of times that somebody has to go back for an inspection because it has been a partial and not a full inspection has actually increased. That's concerning, but what that should let the consumer know, the homeowner know, is that everybody that's doing the inspections at the city is making sure that things comply. How do we make that easier? they get emails immediately sent to them uh, telling them what the concerns are. So literally within uh, an hour, they will have known when the inspector has been there uh, what the issues are so they can work on that. That's significantly different than other communities where it may be one, two, three days before they find out what's happened. 
Jason, you want to add to that? Right. So the, now with excluding COVID, because, you know, that was a whole weird That was time. a game changer. Yes. <laughs> so now City Hall is open, not like we used to, but we are open. So people can come down here and see us, talk to us, fill out a paper application. You can go onto the website. You can uh, create an application through the website. You can take that uh, application and you can email it to us. So we have four or five different options that somebody can do to help benefit their situation, make it easier on them where we can get the permit and process it. And I know first floor city hall is undergoing a renovations. And if I remember correctly, part of that renovation is going to be kind of a kiosk area when residents are coming in, they can sit and talk to somebody uh, from development services or other city departments about whatever they need to to get done. Is that also something in in the future cards for you guys? City manager has uh, shared his vision and that has been put into reality to what's occurring in the front. So yes, we'll see a different uh, front in that area where the public can come in and talk predominantly to our department, which is re- receives most of the guests when they're coming in on questions. It probably will serve some other departments depending on uh, what the person is coming in. If you're used to the idea of when you would go to customer service and they'd have two or three people there, they may not all be from the same department, but they're trying to take care of that building or that organization. Same idea to the front. Now for people who want more information about um, permits, pulling permits, where can they get that information? Uh, go to our website, uh, cityoffayettevillenc.gov. Fayettevillenc.gov. Go to the permitting inspections page. We have a ton of information. Um, I'm updating and add, adding to it every day. Excellent. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I, I know I personally learned a lot uh, about permitting because I know I got some work to do on my own house, and, and it's given me a lot to think about. So I appreciate uh, both of you gentlemen for coming on the show. Well, thank you. Thank you. The Fable 411 is one of several podcasts that the city produces for our podcast channel, Radio Fable, as we provide timely and informative updates every week on a variety of topics related to the city of Fable. Be sure to subscribe to Radio Fable on Apple iTunes, the iTunes podcast app, as well as Google Play Music Podcast Portal. You can also listen to every podcast that Radio Fable has to offer by downloading the Fay TV streaming app, available now on Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, and Amazon Fire TV. You can view all of our video content by visiting FayTV.net. To get information about city services, go to our webpage at FayettevilleNC.gov. Thanks for joining us. 